Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. You've got the goods, and that's what we're going to talk about today. You've got the goods. And so that's what we're going to activate. We're going to activate the goods that are inside of us. Um, you know, this was a few months back and I was reading in Mark 1 about when Jesus um, healed a man of, uh, which I'll get to in just a little bit, of, of being demon possessed. But I want you to see one of the key uh, goods that Jesus had, which then led me to be like, you know what? We're always preaching. We're always talking about, uh, you know, we're supposed to imitate Christ. And Christians are, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's a representation of Jesus. So really stop and think, like, who you are, how you operate as a Christian. Is it pushing people towards wanting to know who Jesus is? Is it activating the rights you have as a believer? You know, and, and that's why I titled it, Do You Have the Goods? Because that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk a lot on authority. Um, I'm going to talk a lot on authority. But I am going to mention some other things. Because once I got started studying and looking at Mark 1 and really digging into these verses, I thought, you know, yeah, authority. But, you know, when Jesus drew the demon out of the man just by his presence, I started thinking, the, the ministry of Jesus, how Jesus operated when he was on earth is right here inside of us. When he left the earth, he said, greater works you will do. And I'm sending a helper to you. And that helper is going to give you power. And so, you know, all those things just started, you know, activating my mind into like, you know what? The ministry of Jesus, all of it should be in the sight of us. And, and a lot of, of last year, you know, the world tried to crush that out of us because they did a lot of stupid things by telling us we have to wear masks so we don't get sick. I'm sorry. I never saw Jesus have to put a mask on for anything. And, you know, a lot of people have that debate. You know, Jesus would show love and he would care what other people want. And Jesus would wear a mask. I've seen people write that. I've seen stupid memes that people would write. But let me tell you, side note, when he went to go cleanse the lepers, especially when he shouldn't, when he was supposed to clean the lepers, he didn't have any gloves on. He didn't have any mask. He wasn't scared when I touch the lepers. Am I going to get anything? No. He knew his mission. He knew he had the goods. And when you know you have the goods and you operate with the goods that are inside of you, you're not going to worry about it. You are on a mission. I'm going to do what my father told me to do. And that's what he did. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to say anything unless I go to my, I ask my father and he directs me. So look at, we have a heavenly father and our word of God that has directed us to do certain things. So that's why we don't need to be afraid of what this world launches at us. We have the goods. So we don't have to worry about that. Same with gloves. Never got into that craze last year. I still see people with it. Same thing. If we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover as Christians. Now, I'm not talking about the people that aren't Christians. They don't know any better. 
I'm not talking about those people. They need Jesus. They don't know they have the goods because they don't have the goods because they're not saved. So all the saved people, this is who I'm talking to. If I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, I don't need gloves. I don't need gloves. Because if the same hands that I'm commanded to lay hands on the sick that have power to heal, then it's the same power that if something touches my hand that's not supposed to be on it, that's no good for my body, the goods inside of me are going to kill it. So these, this is the mindset that we have to have. And I'm passionate about it because I'm so sick and tired of this world dictating to us. We're the rulers. We're the rulers. We come from a different kingdom. We operate by different principles. We operate by the word of God. So I'm sick and tired of the world dictating to us and lying and people going back to believing it. It's like, give me a break. The church is the backbone of this world. This is a nation built under God. And we need to stand up in our rightful place as the church of Jesus Christ and do something about it. So you guys are going to be encouraged this today because I, it's encouraged myself. We got the goods. And so we're going to operate the way Jesus's ministry operated. The Jesus ministry you want to call it that. The Jesus ministry is on the inside of you. But we're going to look at a few things today that show you what does it mean to have the Jesus ministry? What does it mean to operate as Jesus ministered? So first, I'm trying to think which order I wanted to do it in because I have a few things listed. But I'll go with authority first. I'll go with authority first. And Sandra, you're going to, you are going to get to that place in your life and you get to that place in your life by listening to the word of God. Cause it says faith comes by hearing what you're doing today. So your faith is going to go to new levels by the time this broadcast is done and you wrote strong faith and you get strong faith by going after it and doing what you're doing. So by listening to the word of God, you're activating your faith. It's going to water it and it's going to grow. And, and reading the word of God and praying, you have to take action steps. We can't just be on the outside looking into the glass, watching other people have revival, watching other people work miracles, watching other people save souls. We're not looking through this plexiglass that the world has put on. We're not looking through. I wish I wish I could do that. I wish I could have faith like her. I, I, I really wish, you know, I could, I could operate like her. I, I wish I could speak like she does with such authority. And you absolutely can. You absolutely can. The reason I can sit here and say things like this is because I've got that revelation. I've got what the word of God says I can have. And in my mind, just like in the natural, somebody's given you something. It's yours. You take it. You don't have to ask. If there's something you want, there's always something we want in the natural, right? You see things you want, you go get it. You take your money, your hard-earned money, you go buy it, and you get it. Why? Because you want it. So here's the same thing. Here's a free gift that God has given to us, salvation and the Word of God, and a free gift of the Holy Spirit. But what do we have to do? We have to go get it. And so... 
That's what we're going to do today. We're going to get it. We're going to make sure we got the goods living inside of us. We're going to make sure that we have the goods operating in our life because we got what? We got the Jesus ministry on the inside. All right. So we know that authority is everything. Authority is how we're going to operate in the Jesus ministry. Authority means the right to command obedience, the right to enforce obedience and the right to act officially. That made me think, you know, in um, Luke 7, we we know a story here because, you know, there's not a, an, a businessman in, in all the world. I'm not even going to say America. There's not a businessman in all the world that would leave his business without putting someone in authority. And so think about it. When Jesus said, I've got to go be with my father, I'm going to go uh, sit at the right hand of my father. But that doesn't mean, you know, the world is now at a loss because Jesus left. No. What did he say? In Luke 14, 12 through 13, I don't, uh, will, will I go there? Let me see if I, yeah, we'll read it real quick. John 14, 12 through 13. Um, I tell you the truth. Okay, so he's, he's going to go be with his father soon. And he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. All right. So if we have the Jesus ministry, his ministry is inside of us. The things that he did while he was on earth, it says, you will do the same works I've done and even greater works. Aaron, I said, it means the right to command obedience, the right to enforce obedience, and the right to act officially. And so um, you see here that he's going to be with his father. And then 13 says, you can ask for anything in my name, anything in my name, and I'll do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. And he goes on to say, yes, I'm just going to repeat. He's saying, I'm just going to repeat this for the people in the back who didn't get the first verse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> my daughter, Victor, on the camera, like. I'm in the back. Are you yelling at me? <laughs> no, I'm saying for the people, this is what Jesus is saying because he repeats himself self in 14. He said, yes, just in case you didn't get 13. Verse 14. Yes, just ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Just ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So right there, he's given us the goods. We have the authority right there to ask for anything in his name and we shall receive it. So there's not a businessman in the whole entire world that would leave, you think in the natural, that would leave his business and not put somebody in charge. And so when he went to heaven, who got to be in charge? Us. And what a great responsibility it is. What a great feeling that is. And so we need to own it. You need to act like a boss. And that's what you're going to do today. You're going to act like a boss because that is what we're called to do. We're going to act like a boss. And what does a boss have? A boss has authority. And so we're going to look real quick before I go to Mark because Mark 1 is actually what brought me to what I wanted to speak with today, but I just wanted to show you that this man, this officer 
truly understood what authority was and because, now catch this, because he knew what authority was. He got that revelation. He got that picture in his mind. His faith brought healing. His faith was activated by knowing the authority that Jesus had by knowing. And he knew what authority was because he was an officer. And because he was an officer, he understood he had men below him. And so he had a responsibility of authority. And so look at this. Over the faith of a Roman officer in chapter 7, um, I'll just start with one and read a few verses. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help this man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say. So th this man, this officer understood the power of authority in just Jesus speaking something. So what I'm trying to get across today is he had the goods. Jesus had the goods. And that's what's living inside of us. And a Jesus ministry, a Christian who operates through a Jesus ministry is going to operate in authority because that's how Jesus operated. And we're supposed to be like our father who walks around on this earth. And so he wasn't uh, allowing things to happen, you know, just to teach people a lesson. He wasn't, uh, you know, letting the devil, you know, coddle, coddle the devil's situations here. No, Jesus operated in full authority. And so the officer said, uh, he said, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. And verse eight was a revelation to him. And because he knew what authority meant, it activated faith and it brought exactly what he was asking for. He said, I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority and I have authority over the soldiers. And he goes, I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He was like, this guy has got it. This guy is operating on authority like I operate on authority because he understands the power of authority. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd and was following him, he said, 
I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. And that's where we always preach a message from. He sent his word and it healed him. He sent his word and it healed him. Okay? Because the authority, you have to know, you got that with the goods. And so what actually brought me to what I wanted to show you guys today, amongst a few other things, because I'm going to go through a few things of what it is to have Jesus's ministry on the inside of you, what that actually looks like. What are all the goods? You know, I'm going to go through a few today, but one of them is to operate in authority. And I, I think I'm going to harp on this one first because I see too many Christians fighting too many battles all the time. And it's not that battles aren't going to come your way because we know that it is scriptural to have a battle come your way. But what's unscriptural is to be defeated by it, right? Okay, so yeah, you are going to have situations that are going to come to your life. There are going to be situations that are going to really work your faith a little bit harder than others. There's other situations where you're going to have to stand on a, a firm foundation for it could be a little bit of time. You know, I know not every time we, we ask the Lord for things and he's working when we might not think he's working. He's doing something. We just have to continue to stand our ground, speak faith, jump into the word of God, you know, and, and continue to latch onto it with a bulldog tenacity, a bite that doesn't let go. But authority, I really want to harp on and like pound it into you to realize that that's everything. Authority is everything. Because um, here, as you see in Mark 1, which I'm going to uh, break down for you, I'm going to start in verse 21. Because when I actually had to work on, you know, and this is side note, this is, you know, I was reading this when I was preparing the Bible study for our kids that we do on Wednesdays. So like this kind of stuff is in the stuff we do for Miracle Word Kids. You know, our kids should learn to operate in authority at a young age. You know, if if anyone starts to feel down in our house, which is very, I mean, I don't even know the last time my kids even had a cold or a fever. But if anyone starts to, we got siblings and other people that are rising up saying, hey, I've got authority. You know, they're five years old and they're laying hands on their sister or they've, you know, laid hands on me or, or dad and said, listen, Jesus, my, my five-year-old said one time that he goes, Jesus, I know you heal, so heal my mommy. You know, if I ever like feel... We travel all the time, so sometimes I get a little tired or something, and he just is like, you know, I want, I want my mom back the way she usually is. So he just comes over, and it's like, at five, he knows he's got the goods because it's been something that's made evident in his life. And so that's what we're doing today, making it evident that we're going to walk around this world with our shoulders squared back. We've got a backbone and we're going to walk around in authority. We're not going to ask permission if it's okay to operate this way. Jesus said it, and he's the only one we listen to. He's our boss. 
And so now on earth, we get to act like a boss. And so Mark 1, 21, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went to the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. Uh, for he taught with real authority, real authority. And this is how you know between a fake and somebody who has the goods for real. This is how you know. Quite unlike the teachers of the law, and this is how you know. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now look at how cool this is. Jesus was teaching. Jesus carried such authority. He was just teaching. He wasn't even addressing this man. He wasn't even talking directly to this man that cried out. But the authority, the goods that Jesus had, how Jesus operated in his ministry pulled, pulled that demon right out. That power that Jesus operated in pulled that demon to speak to him. He didn't say, um, you have a demon, you know, you're going to come out today. No, Jesus was just teaching and the power that he held, that boss-like mentality that Jesus held drew that demon. Hey, Mary Beth, good to see you. Glad you're here. Drew that demon to respond. And then Jesus reprimanded him. And this is what I want you guys to realize today. Jesus reprimanded the demon that spoke out. <clears throat> he didn't say, how you doing? He didn't say, hey, can you please be quiet, demon? I'm in the middle of teaching, and so I really think you should get this message from me. I really think you should um, sit and listen because it's going to be a good message for you. No, no. Look what Jesus said. He said he reprimanded him. He didn't have a conversation. He just commanded. He said, be quiet. Come out of that man. So he immediately ordered silence to the demon, <clears throat> and, he, and then he immediately ordered the next step to come out of that man because he had no business bothering that man, no business controlling him, no business taking over, no business being in that body. He didn't even ask the demon a question. The demon just rose up, and Jesus, like a boss, took care of it. And that's what we, I want you guys to understand today. You're going to get bad reports. You're going to have little uh, foxes that try to spoil the vine. You're going to have situations. And everyone gets put in a situation where what's the next step? What's going to be my reaction to this situation? What's going to be? That's what you have to think right today. What's going to be my reaction when the devil rises up against me? Am I going to operate? like a Jesus ministry that's in the side of me? Am I going to operate like I have all the goods? 
Am I going to operate that way? Or am I going to leave a, a, a crack in the door? Am I going to let the devil come in and put his muddy boots up on my coffee table and sit there and snicker in my face? Or are you going to say, get out of my house. I have boundaries. I got the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of my home. You have no right. In Luke, it says, God's given me all the authority over you, sucker. So you're going to have to leave in the mighty name of Jesus, which I read to you at the beginning. And Luke, I mean, sorry, and John 14. Anything in my name, say it. Anything, ask and say it. So, I mean, this is, this is how we got to walk today. I mean, now more than ever. There's no games, there's no right in the fence, there's no lukewarm, and I'm passionate about it because I am so done. I'm done seeing Christians struggle, I'm done seeing parents struggle, I'm done seeing marriages struggle, I'm done with it. We're not taking advice of the world. We're not allowing them to dictate to us how we run our business, right? We're the boss, we walk in authority. I'm not asking the janitor how to run my business. And the devil is the janitor. You're not asking him how to run your business. And so Jesus didn't have a conversation. He didn't ask why. He didn't ask who you are. He didn't ask your name. He didn't ask questions. He said, you don't belong here, out. And that's what you guys have to do. Sickness, you don't belong in my body, out. Bad marriages, uh, disruption in, in our relationship, lies, you don't belong in my relationship, out. Rebellious children, that spirit of rebellion, out. You know, you have to start saying that way. It doesn't belong here, out. And I like that. That's what Kate Thomas is saying. She was from Champion this week. No more games. And so that's what you have to say. You don't belong here out in the name of Jesus. And that's the backbone that we've got to get. And that's how we have to operate. If you're going to have the Jesus ministry inside of you, and you're going to operate like Jesus, that's what he did. He didn't ask questions. He said, out, commanded. That's it. Got to go. Bye. And as soon as he ordered, as soon as he ordered out of his mouth, look what it said. The evil spirit screamed through the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. Amazed, gripped the audience and began to discuss what happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even spirits, evil spirits, obey his orders. So the Jesus ministry is the type of ministry that has all power. All power. And that's what's living on the inside of you. That's what's living on the inside of me, is we have all power. The evil spirits began... Uh, immediately began to leave. And then it said, people were amazed. You know, that's how we draw people to Jesus. We're going to draw them by the amazement of 
how Jesus operates today, how it's different than everybody else. If there's nothing different about you, why on earth would anybody want what you have, right? If there's nothing different about you, if your marriage looks just like somebody who's not saved, why would anyone want your Jesus and how the word of God operates for marriages? If your kids are out of control because you don't have authority in your home and you can't rule your, you know, people want authority over the devil, side note, but they have zero authority over their kids. You're, you're going to have to operate it in both. You don't go by what this world tells you how to parent. Go by what the word of God tells you how to parent. If you want a peaceful home and you want kids who are obedient and full of honor and respect to you and you want kids on fire for Jesus, do it the way the Bible says to raise them. They always say, well, we know uh, we just don't have any manuals for kids. And it's kind of like, no, got one right here. Got one right here. It's not always easy, but if you stick with the word of God and go after it, you'll have it. So parents, be encouraged. Walk in authority with your kids. Don't think you're not going to have authority. <laughs> you think you're going to have like unruly children and no authority over your kids. And then you're over there trying to cast out the devil, have it in the spiritual, have it in the natural. There's a strength behind it. And so we're going to operate in authority and be encouraged because it says people will be amazed. What is it that's so different about you? What is it? What is it that I want what you have? That is the whole point of being a Christian, I'm obviously amongst other things, but it points people to Jesus Christ. I want what she has. When there's a crisis going on, man, she, he is acting completely normal. They act like nothing's going on in the world. How do they do that? How do they act that way? How are they still in joy? How are they not scared about anything? How are they not even talking about what's going on in the world? How are they, you know... How are they? How are they doing that? That's what you want people to look at you and say. How are they so different? Well, you know what? I operate with the goods. I operate with the authority of Jesus Christ that he's given us. And that's what you can say. I operate with a Jesus ministry inside of me. All right, let's move on to what else could look like a Jesus ministry inside of you. So Jesus ministry has authority over the devil, okay? That's what I just really harped on because that is, to me, is a game changer. And that's really going to set you up on new levels because this stuff that's going on around us, you don't have to be scared about. It's awful. And yeah, you need to be praying for people all over the world. But you don't have to be nervous about anything. That's not what Jesus walked around on this earth like. He didn't walk around nervous about anything. Do you think there were no wars back in Bible times? Do you think there was no, I mean, people were always trying to stone Jesus. From the moment he was born, there's death orders to kill him. I mean, like, people wanted to kill him constantly, all the time, all the time. So it's like, Jesus never walked around on this earth nervous. 
oh, maybe I shouldn't go there. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know. No. What? He walked around with authority. He would pay, he, he got off the boat and put his foot on the shore and way across the other side, a demon-possessed person cried out and ran over to him. Just by him setting his foot, you could feel the authority. Jesus' ministry draws out the things that are not of God. It draws out evil spirits. They can't reside in a body that's got the goods. Sickness can't stay in a body that has the goods. Depression can't stay in a body that has the goods. And so that's the mentality that we're going to have to get as believers. So we did authority. What does Jesus' ministry on the inside of you look like? Authority. And then the power to heal. Um, over in Matthew 10. Let's see. And I, I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but... Uh, 10, 5 through 8, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay? We're still the disciples for Christ. You have a mission. We need to announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay? This is our job in life. Uh, and verse 8, heal the sick, Raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So, with a Jesus ministry living on the inside of us, we walk in authority, and then we also walk in obedience to, hey, Jaden, love you, walk into obedience of what he's called you to do. And what has he called you to do as a disciple? One, Win the loss. Announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. You have to be winning souls. That is how we flood heaven and people won't be left to be destroyed by the, the devil. So with everything, win souls. It's so important. It's so important to, to the Lord that we go after the lost. So win souls. And then what else did he tell us to do as disciples? There's a Jesus ministry living on the inside of us. We are to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, without a mask and without gloves, because you're fine, you're protected. Psalm 91 is a real chapter in the Bible speaking to you that you are to live by and cast out demons. And you do that based on what I talked about at the beginning and John 14, where he's giving you the right to use his name and to, and to do that. So a Jesus ministry on this side of you has authority, operates in authority. You got the goods, you operate in authority. You got the goods, you got the power to heal. So we have the power to heal inside of us. If I have the power to heal, I don't need to be worried about other things out there that, uh, could cause sickness and disease. I don't, that doesn't need to be on my mind, okay? That comes with having the goods inside of me. I operate my faith. I know what the word of God says and, and you go after it, okay? So number three, provision, okay? 
I'm going to go over to Luke 5. So you have the Jesus ministry living inside of you. And, um, and that looks like authority, power to heal, and provision. Okay? So we're on number three. The Jesus ministry inside of you, the goods that you're going to have by having the Jesus ministry inside of you is authority, power to heal, and provision for number three. Because if you go over to Luke 5, this is where Peter couldn't get anything when he was um, fishing. He couldn't get anything when he was fishing. He's a fisherman. And this is even before he was considered one of the disciples. So you have a man that you don't follow. He didn't follow Jesus yet. And he's yelling at you from the shore, you know, continue fishing, cast your nets out. And you have a fisherman that could have yelled back, I'm sorry, who are you again? I'm the fisherman. I don't even know who you are. I have fished all day. Uh, There's nothing out here. I don't know what you're talking about. I have cast my nets on all sides of the boat and I'm coming up empty. But no, I believe the authority, just like when Jesus was able to heal the sick, command the demon to come out, that authority was able, uh, almost like Peter was able to feel it, to understand it because he obeyed it. And when he did that, he put his net on the other side And so much came in that a Jesus ministry wants provision in your life. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be wealthy. Someone who operates in a Jesus ministry shouldn't be broke and disgusted and living in poverty and living off the government all the days of their lives. It's not part of the kingdom principle. Provision is a part of the Jesus ministry. And it's part of the goods that's living inside of you. You activate it by your obedience, like Peter did. You activate it that you, by, by sewing. You know, you can't sew shoes and expect to reap money. You'll get shoes back. What you sow, you will reap. Money might feel tight. Everybody has to start somewhere. And, you know, people have to get this wrapped around in your head. Like, you sow to get out of a financial crisis. Because what you sow, you reap. So it's not sowing your tithe. I'm not going to talk on this, but tithe is God's. It's not even yours to begin with. So you're not giving him anything. You're not giving your tithes. You're just paying God back. 10% should always be out of your mind. It's the offering. It's the seeds. It's the abundance. It's the extra. That's going to cause money provision, financial provision in your life. Because he's got us to do things. There's a work to be done. And so when you sow money, you'll reap money. You're going to sow your time, you'll get time back. Someone will come and help you along with something. So whatever, you know, there's more than just money to sow. But just remember what you sow is what's going to come back. So there is time and talent and and money and think, you know, that you're going to sow. But just realize what you're sowing. So there's provision in, in multiple areas in your life. So it's not just money 
that God's going to bring into your life, but it will bring in the right people that are going to help for something and, and, and talents and, you know, different things in your life. So just remember what you sow, you will reap. So provision is a part of what God has for you. Just like when the coin appeared in the fish's mouth, he'll make stuff appear to provide for you. And then you take the next step to be obedient and sow and do what God's called you to do with it. And so that's what the Jesus ministry of provision looks like. You're not going to be without. God's called you to do something no matter what it is. A job, to step out in ministry, to, you know, God, God's backing you on it. His provision is on it. And that's what the goods of the provision of the Jesus ministry looks like inside of you. So we got authority over the devil. We've got the power to heal is the goods. We've got provision. And next, <laughs> and I, I wrote this, but then you'll have to let me finish my sentence, is anger. Jesus's ministry <laughs> has an anger to it, but you can anger and sin not. So let me tell you where I'm going with this. Jesus, when you look at... Um, John, let me get there, John 2, and we'll start with 13. And actually, I, I won't even read all of it because you guys, you can go back and read it. But in John 2, 13 through 17, he clears out the temple. He was angry, but he sinned not. So you can get angry enough and not sin. And what happens is you're getting angry at the right stuff. You're getting angry for the enemy attacking your family, your friends, your mind. You get angry because you have a passion for the house of God. And that's what Jesus did. That's right, Leslie, a righteous anger. The Jesus ministry, the goods that are inside of you will have anger, but a righteous anger because he had an anger that was a passion of the house of God for the things of God. He said, you're defiling my, my, the synagogue. You're defiling the house of God. This isn't right. I'm, I'm making a custom-made beating tool, and I'm going to flip this junk, and I'm going to beat it right out. And that's what you have to do. I'm done with the mess. I'm done with the lies. I'm flipping the tables on the enemy. I'm making a custom-made beating utensil, and I'm going to beat you out. And if you try to come near my family, you try to come near my friends, you try to come near my house, you try to come near my mind, I'm beating the tar out of you. And that's what you have to do. I'm beating you with a custom made whip, just like Jesus did. And it says over in Psalm 69, 9, it says, passion for your house has consumed me. And the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So this is David. In Psalm, it's David. And he said, passion passion for your house has consumed me. You go over to Proverbs 8:13, and I actually typed it up here. Um, it says, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. 
All who fear the Lord will hate evil. You have a passion for the house of God. You have a fear for God is not because he's doing anything wrong to you. He's not there like everybody pictures him with a lightning bolt ready to strike you. A fear for God is a reverence, a respect. I, I know his authority. I know his goodness. I respect him. I honor him. I praise the Lord. It says um, uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. I want the Lord inside of me. I want him to inhabit me. I want that's why you praise him. You worship him. You honor his name. You have a fear. You know, if the Lord was to come in today and walk in, I'm pretty sure I know I would be like falling on my face on the floor for such a reverence. You know, the respect, the authority that he holds. Even demons couldn't stay. Even demons felt him touch the ground because of a fear and awe for the Lord. And that's how you have to get. You have to get a righteous anger because that's how Jesus' ministry operated. That's how Jesus operated. That was the goods inside of him was a, a hate evil. I have a distaste in my mouth for the things of this world. I have a distaste in the mouth the things that could cause me to sin, to get drunk, to uh, have sex outside of marriage, to to uh, operate in such evil, vile corruption that's going on, murder. Like, a distaste for uh, sin, a distaste for the things that, you know, sin's a killer. It might feel good. It might be fun for a few years. It always will always catch up. There will always be consequences for living in sin. And we don't have to live in sin. We can live holy. We can live right before the Lord every day, but you got to get a righteous anger. Teach your children at a young age, a righteous anger, a, a gross distaste for the things of this world, for what the enemy offers. Instant gratification, instant gratification for what this world offers will leave in destruction. John 10, 10, the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And all of those things are wrapped up in sin. So a righteous anger, not to sin, but because you have a passion for the things of God. Jesus had a passion for his father, heavenly father. He, he, he knew when someone wasn't doing something right in the house of God, bam, done, custom beating, out, gotta go. Bye-bye, bye, Felicia. If that was a thing back then, maybe Jesus would have said it. <laughs> so we have to have that same passion for the things of God, a passion to honor his name, a passion to see the house of God flourish, a passion and a respect and a reverence for him, because that's what the ministry of Jesus, that's how he operated on earth. And the last one I'm going to go over is love. When you stay in love, like Jesus did, when you stay in love, you will have your authority working. In John 15, 9 through 7, I have loved you even as your father have, has loved. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love 
just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things, so you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my command. If you love each other, uh, if you love each other in the same way I've loved you, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. If you are my friend, if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have loved you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. I appointed you. So you are appointed to operate in the goods. You are appointed to walk around like Jesus did on earth. You are appointed to do what Christ did and greater works. I have appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that my Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So we, through all of this, through all of this nonsense, because nonsense is always going to be around, we need to love. And this is what happens, though. We get our love skewed. And when we say we love someone, we start to allow things that we shouldn't allow. Loving doesn't mean uh, not operating in Bible principles. Loving doesn't mean being okay with sin. Loving, no, no, no. When you love somebody, you tell them the truth. When you love somebody, you show them the way. When you love somebody, you let them know, hey, what you're doing is not of Jesus. What you're doing is going to have major consequences. What you're doing is not going to allow you to operate in joy. As, I mean, it said it right there, your joy will be overflowing when you, when you operate in love and command. When you operate this way, you, love is saving somebody. I'm saving you from destruction. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to let you know. The way you're operating is going to destroy your life. Eventually, like I said, not all sin is instant as far as destruction. It will, it will always catch up with you. There will always be consequences. But loving is saying, listen, I want you to do better. You know, we have this really mushy, thing of love that it's like, I love them so much that I'm, I'm just going to love them through their sin. I'm just going to love them. And, you know, they, they, they came out as, you know, homosexuals, but I, I'm just going to love them. I'm going to love them through this. And I'm going to, no, 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 no. Loving isn't love. You, you still love them, but you get them right. You get them back on track. You get them saved. That's true love. That's the Jesus ministry love is, listen, he died for you. There's two ways out of this world. There's going to be hell. And there's going to be heaven. And when this world's done and you're done on here or Jesus comes back, I really want you to be in heaven. I, and for Christians, there's lots of Christians who have said yes to Jesus says their savior, but they do not operate the way a Christian should operate. They say yes, and they live any old way they want. Well, we need to say, hey, I love you, 
and you said you asked Jesus into your heart, you're saved, and this is what it means to be saved. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is how it's supposed to look when you're a Christian. That's love. Because it said right there that he's appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. What does your fruit look like? What are you producing? What's going to be left behind? And so in 1 John 4, 4, I'm going to leave this with you today is, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So he's given us a gift. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to activate the authority. We're going to activate the goods that's deposited inside of you. You got some goods in here. You got some goods in your spirit, man. You need to activate it. You need to look at it as a question every day. Do I have the ministry of Jesus living inside of me? Am I walking in authority? Am I walking in provision? Am I doing the commands of the Lord? What is it? To love? Am I doing the commands of the Lord to produce lasting fruit? Am I doing the commands of the Lord to win souls? Am I doing the commands of the Lord to heal the sick? Right? What about? Do I have a righteous anger? Do I operate in Jesus' ministry? Do I have a distaste in my mouth for the things of this world, for sin? Do I have a distaste for the devil trying to come after my children, trying to come after my marriage, my family, my friends? Do I have a distaste for that? Do I have a righteous anger where it's going to give me a boldness to be like, listen, we're going to cut it out. There's chaos all around me and I'm done with it. We're getting rid of it. So when I pray for you today, I'm standing and joining my faith with yours. We're not allowing the enemy to have another say in our life. We're not allowing the enemy to have another peep, not another peep, not even like he goes to open his mouth. Done. We're done with it. So in Jesus name, thank you for each and every person that's watching today. People listening by the replay that we are saying today is the day I've got the goods inside of me. The goods that you've given to me, Lord, by letting me operate in your authority. When you left to go sit at the right hand of the heavenly father, you said greater works I will do that I could ask in your name and receive it and have it done. Father God, I stand in agreement with every person listening to this, uh, to my voice that we operate in the full authority that you've given to us. The enemy has no power. We are shutting him down in the mighty name of Jesus for healing and people's bodies, that we rebuke sickness now, for we rebuke the lies of the enemy. I call peace to the minds of the people listening to this, to the people watching, peace that passes all understanding. We're part of a different system. We're part of a kingdom system. We're not listening to the lies of this world, for there's no truth behind it. Father God, I pray for anyone who's received a bad report that that might be a fact in the natural, but we're taking control of it now in the truth of God's word overrides any fact that this world's trying to throw at us in the mighty name of Jesus. I command healing to your body now. I command strength like never before and a, a hunger for God's word, a fire lit inside of your belly to go after it, of wisdom and revelation of the word. 
We aren't going to back down. We aren't going to give in. We are strong and strong and strong with the word of God that we have. The word of God is our manual. The word of God is our strength. The word of God goes before us and it won't return void. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You say amen. Let me see those emojis. I am so fired up about this. And I know you guys latched onto it. I know you're like, yep, that's me. I've got the goods. That's right. And I want you to write that. I've got the goods. I've got the Jesus ministry living inside of me. And I'm going to have the Jesus ministry operate on the outside of me. People are going to see it. People are going to question. People are going to want what you have. Amen. Amen. I've got the goods. That's right, Liz. I've got the goods. That's right, Jaden. You have to say it every day. You've got to remember. That's right, Ed. Enough is enough. Everyone's writing. I've got the goods because it's a whole other ball game when you realize what you got inside of you and when you operate in it. Um, so before I go, I'm going to uh, take a moment to ask you to prayerfully consider standing with Miracle Word Ministries. Prayerfully consider uh, continuing to help us push the gospel forward. I know I got a lot of Victory Tribes people watching now, and, and I know you pray for us, and you, you drive in, and you take time off work, and you know you come, and it blesses Ted and I so much. It fuels us to be like, yeah, we've got an army standing with us. And that's how we look at Victory Tribe. So prayerfully consider partnering with Miracle Word. You know, you can go to our website. You can see uh, we have a new system, completely new system. We just revamped for all of our partners, uh, different tiers you can be a part of, different things. Um, come back to me, Maddie, real quick. Different things that you can um, <clears throat> Uh, join in and do and stand with us. So really go to our website, check out what we have under our partner page and ask the Lord, what can I do? What can I do personally? What can I do out of my business and stand with us? Um, if you are standing with us at $85 or more a month, this month in August, we're giving a special gift. Um, you would go to the website and you just had it, Maddie, the claim, the offer. Isn't it on the button back there? <laughs> Our gift to you for $85 or more a month is operating in the supernatural by one of our favorite ministers, Dr. David Oedepel, a mighty, mighty uh, man of God. If you go to miracleword.com forward slash, slash offer, we will get that to you. Um, so you would just go to that on the website, put in your, your uh, uh, mailing address, and uh, you would... Uh, get that in the mail from Jenna. So if that is something that you have done this month, if you've given $85 or more a month, but I want you to prayerfully consider sowing a, a large seed, a one-time seed, the middle of the year, it's going to ramp you. It's going to push you forward uh, for what the end of the year is getting ready to do. Um, we have our genuine leather 
study Bible that Ted signs that sends out to everyone who gives $1,000 or more. And then we also have a brand new, and you would see it on the website, but it's also in the magazine and the email that, that you guys are a part of. We have a new elite study box that Ted has put together just for you, for anyone who gives $5,000 or more a month. So we'll get that out to you right away. Um, but make sure you are sticking with us this week. We're back in the studio. I'm here. Ted's in North Carolina, but between two different places, we're going to be switching back and forth. Um, I'm also going to be here on Wednesdays and Fridays at 2 o'clock this week for um, time with me. Uh, so make sure you're there. I'm on YouTube and Facebook at 2 o'clock. Uh, don't forget, last week we put out the kids. Uh, we're doing a series called The Walk. And so this week we did Walking in Truth. And the second week, the first week, we did walking in, in wisdom. And so this Wednesday, we're getting ready to drop the part three series. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to wait for it to come out. But get your kids involved. Get your kids involved. We don't water down the word of God. In fact, I'm the one who writes all of the Bible studies. And so I'm the one who writes all the Bible studies. So, you know, pretty much things that I, I come up here, I go and I throw into the kids' Bible studies because... You know, there's no age limit on our spirit, man. There's there's no age limit. And um, we're going to raise our kids in the things of God because this this young generation is, you know, we, we're here on earth. We're not going anywhere right now. So we got work, work to do. And we've got this young generation that we are, you know, that's on fire and that's not going to compromise. And so be a part of that. Make sure you get that comes out every Wednesday. And I think that's all the announcements I have for you now. Make sure you get on our schedule, miracleword.com forward slash schedule. See where we're going to be. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me. And um, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good rest of your day.